When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Understand who killed the dog was. Uh, well, I just think... <laughs> What's up, Mike? <laughs> you just wait. did you just wake up, man? <laughs> Pretty much. I look like I just woke up, right? Holy crap! Yo, so yeah, the last couple of days have just been like, oh, I start physical therapy today. This is the first day I'm kind of walking around with no crutches, but yeah. So my wife is gone. She's getting her treatment in Philadelphia. Okay. And so when she leaves, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's part of me that goes, wow, I'm, I'm, I feel like a child in my house and my parents are gone. (laughs) What can we do? And, and, and I'm not talking about let's rage to five in the morning. And for me, I don't even know what that is. Watching some TikTok videos for three hours. I don't, I don't even know what raging is anymore. Yeah. Um, so she leaves on, she left on a Monday. So Monday night, I had some friends come over. Um, they had, when I was on the road, I didn't want to come home with all this baggage because I was going straight to Belize. That's where I was, Belize, last week. Um, and uh, so I sent the bag to their house because I didn't want anyone. I didn't want a bag just sitting here in the neighbor, whatever. So yeah, they brought the bag over the other night. Now they're also like, "Hey, man, we brought some vodka," uh, <laughs> and it's like it was in a skull. I don't even know what the hell it was. They're like, this is like martinis. I said, okay. So I had two, when I tell you two martinis, that's equivalent. I, it's a lot for Jim Brewer. So I have two martinis and I'm, they leave, they got to go to dinner. My daughter comes in the room. This is, you know, when you're, you're, you're sad when the tables start turning, it's very weird. I'm getting so many flashbacks of taking care of my dad mm-hmm. where my daughter comes in. She's like, dad, oh my God. Like, did you eat? I'm like, no, I have some cheese and crackers and yeah, everything. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, dad, you gotta eat. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. She's like, get off your foot, dad. Like you're not going to get better unless you keep using your crutches. I'm like, ah, no, I got my such like that. You're such a mess. So this is a 17 year old kid yelling at me. Yep. She goes, you know what? Go put a shirt on. I'll get a shirt for you. We're going to go to dinner and I'll drive. Well, okay. Yeah, sure. We go to dinner. I have another cocktail. I don't know what I had. 
But all I remember is leaving. And if I felt like that scene in Scarface when everyone was looking at him and mm -hmm. he's going, that's right. The bad guy is leaving. You need people like me. Okay. You need me. And we're leaving. And I just remember looking at another table because they were looking at me and I was getting self-conscious. And I think they were, you know, in the area where I live, where there's a lot, you know, Naples has a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you see a guy like in his 40s, 50s, 60s, and he's with a very young girl, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, come on, man. Get, get your act together, bro. You're disturbing. So I'm, now I'm self-conscious thinking, do people think this, like, are they thinking that about me? Are they... Do they think, do they, so I have to purposely get up and I went to two tables like, yeah, so my daughter, you know, that guy and daughter's taking care of me and my leg, like I crutches. So, so I go to bed and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sleep. Thank God I got nothing to do tomorrow. I, I did some podcasts for Patreon, all that jazz. Which right. um, I awesome update for everyone, by the way. Awesome, awesome, so super stoked. Okay. Do so tell. hold yeah, hold that thought. Okay. So 7:30 in the morning yesterday, phone rings. Get up out of bed. It's my wife. Jim, someone's gonna be at the house in um in, in 20 minutes. What? What are you talking? It's an alarm guy. Okay, and they're replacing this and they're replacing that, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. I get up and I'm like, whoa, I'm not ready for this day yet. I <laughs> have not felt hungover. Now, I'm not sick. I'm just, I'm not ready to face the day. So sure enough, I get up and every day I got a nice routine. I go to this coffee shop. I talk with some locals. Um, we get into our lives and it's like therapy. And then... I have an acai bowl with some fruit and I feel good about my life. Well, I ain't got time for that. So my whole rhythm's thrown off. <laughs> this guy comes in. He's like, yeah, I should be here like two hours. He's there till like 6 p.m. at night. Oof. And I'm now doing podcasts and he just leaves. He's like, hey man, I got, I got. It's like, yeah, no problem. P.S. Cut to last night. About midnight. And, and, and. What the fuck? What, what the fuck? My daughter, Dad, what the? And, and. Uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm on the pad. Uh, I'm like, well, I don't know how to turn this thing up. And, and. So this freaking alarm's going off. It's asking for a code. I, the guy just left. He didn't give me codes. He didn't tell me how the system works. So for, yeah, and I don't know how, I'm, I'm online. I'm like, is there a pamphlet? My, my, my daughter's yelling at me. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm looking for my crutches. Oh, jeez. So this goes on to like two in the morning trying to figure out this alarm system. Thank God I got this great neighbor. He comes over the house. He's like, hold on. Beep, 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 beep. Because I used to watch all the houses in here. Um, 
He goes, he knew all the codes. He's like, usually they use this code. Beep, 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 beep. Went, oh, so now I know if my house is broken into. I know exactly right. where yeah, to go. Um, so, yeah. So then I finally get to sit. Now I'm all riled up. My heart's beating. Dang it. I'm going nutso. I'm like, did someone try to get in the house? Is it just a malfunction? Why did it go off? Blah, blah, blah. What the hell is going on? So I didn't get to bed till about 4 a.m. last night, right? Jeez. And then, of course, 8 in the morning, my doorbell rings. Like, what the fuck? Hey, I'm here to do the, um, you got something with your shades? Uh, yeah, I guess so. If anyone could show up my house right now and just say that when my wife is gone and go, I'm here for blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, come on. You made it this far. You made it past security gate. I guess, yeah, I guess you're legit. And I'm, my wife doesn't answer her phone ever, ever. So I'm calling her. Are we expecting? She doesn't answer the phone. And I'm texting her. She's not texting. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess you're supposed to be in here. Now I can't leave the house. So all this led to about a half hour ago. I'm like, I got to do the podcast. And then the pool guy comes. And then the pool guy. Listen, these are problems that a lot of people wish they had. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you the story that leads to why I look like this. <laughs> for the for the world that doesn't know, it's it's 11 a.m. I should be bright eyed and bushy tailed. However, Jim Brewer has not been on course for the last 24 to 40 hours. Um, so with that said, and then I got all hopped up. I just, for the first time, put on an Instagram and a Facebook. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been watching baseball. Mm -hmm. I haven't been watching any sports. In the past, I used to watch the Mets every single game, every single, get all hopped up. I, I just, I don't have the heart right now to go through it. The Mets are having probably the best year I've ever seen them have in my entire life. Maybe really? 86, 86. Yeah, 2015 was close to this. Mm. They start off really good. But right now, the New York Mets look like a bunch of savages. They're just, they're just. But at the same time, the league is throwing at them. They're, they're stars twice. One guy twice. The big home run hitter in the league has been beamed in the head. Um, another one of their store, uh, Lindor, he got beamed in the head. And the Mets have been hit more than anyone else. So I made a little rant right before I got on here. But I'm, I know for, it's, it's very interesting. And I felt, I've, and this is why I can't, this is why it's, it, this is why I can't get involved. I get too nutso. I get too nutso. <laughs> I called security on the Mets. I'm like, you need to tell the owner that when if they continue to throw the first batter that comes up in the, the first batter the next inning that ball's got to fly right at them and i'm telling you the league has to know you ain't doing this anymore you are not throwing at innocent human beings just sitting there playing a game because you can't strike the guy out so i was all jacked up <laughs> jacked up and I'm like, I can't be telling people to throw balls at heads. Here I am, Mr. Hey, everyone, peace, love. No, you throw it at ball players, <laughs> throw it at his head. 
Throw it at his head. Let him know. We ain't doing this shit no more. See, I always have these scenarios where I pretend I'm the manager. Uh-huh. And I sat down the whole Mets team. This is what I did as the Mets manager after watching. You don't even have to be a baseball fan. And, and here's the thing. Like, I know some of the ball players. When I say I know them, I met them. I know their parents. So I know the human side to them. Yeah. And when you see someone you know get 90-something miles an hour, bang, in the head, the first time you go, all right, maybe they were a little wild, but then it happens again. That is just beyond unheard of. And then your other star gets beamed in the head, and then... Dude, you start, you start like. So I, as a as a fake manager, I took all the pictures. Right, this is what I said. As a fake manager, I was. This is what I was doing right before I did it. So I sat down. I'm like, this is Jim Brewer as a manager. I went, listen, guys, I know it may be against some of your moral standards, and I understand that it's against mine too. But when it comes to bullying, if you're, in the, if you're in the school and you told your parents and you did everything you can to continue to be the person you are, but you still have someone coming up and punching you in the face and shoving you down in front of everyone, there's only so much you could do. You eventually have to face the bully and pop on one. I am not an advocate for violence. However, clearly... The bullies have, the word is out on the street. We can do this all day long and they ain't doing squat. So I'm telling all of you right now, the next time they throw a ball anywhere near our star players, Pete Alonzo, Lindor, Marta, any of these guys, if the first batter of the next inning isn't beamed. Hit, go for right. Go for the waist. Go for the back. But I want you to throw it as hard as you can. Right at him. And if you have a problem with that, I understand you can talk to me personally on the side. And we'll discuss the morality of it all. And I understand that. But I am not going to continue to watch us just... They think it's okay to throw 90 mile an hour, 90 foul up at our, at our innocent lives' heads because they can't beat us because they're afraid he's going to hit a home run. I'm not tolerating that. And we need to send a message immediately. This is over. You throw near one of us, and what that will do is now that bench will go, dude, don't hit him because I'm now I'm going to get hit. And then that'll force them to start talking to the pitchers going, dude, I don't know if we should throw at these guys because they're going to throw it our. And then I'm go to the bench. So after I did that, right, now I go, now I get the regular players. I go, boys, I want to hear this is what we're going to do. I go, listen, I know we're here to play baseball, and I never thought I would address this. But clearly there's a target out on all of us and our star players. And I don't mind getting hit. And I don't mind people throwing the ball inside to back you off the plate. However, when you're smashing people in the head, three Mets have been hit in the head. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. All right, back to the manager. 
I gather the team up and I go, listen, boys, I do not feel good about this. We continue winning. Let's concentrate on winning. However, I'm not going to have them just purposely play dirty and try to take out one of our players and throw the ball up at their heads. So I need this team, whether you're going to engage or not, the next time one of our ball players get hit, I don't want to be able, I don't want to be able to count to three and not see this entire bench heading for that pitcher's mound to let them know every time you do this to one of our boys, you got to mess with the whole team. And I'm not saying we get, they just need to know this is what's going to be like from now on. We're not playing this game anymore. We're not playing the game anymore. You hit us, the entire bench is leaving, and we're heading right for the mound to let them know half of us go for the catcher and half of us go for the, for the pitcher to let them know we're done. If you can't beat us fair and square, don't show up to the ballpark because we're here to play and win. You're here to be sore losers and hurt someone and maybe end their life or career. We're not playing that. So if any boys have a problem with that, please pull me aside and we'll talk about it. But I don't have any other solutions right now. Are we understood? And they all go, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's Jim Brewer, manager in violent situations. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? If that was Little League, if this is Little League, right? Let, let's say it's like 14, 15 year olds, even if it's high school. Picture you going to a high school game and you know they're purposely hitting your guys because you're just beating the snot out of everyone you face. I mean, they're professional. They can't be that wild. I don't know. Anyway. Well, you're going to get the parents involved in that. They're going to be jumping out of the stands, screaming at oh, the other team. Exactly. You're not no. going to be able to hold them back. You nope. hit my kid twice in the head? I'm, dude, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. I get it. You hit him in the back. I get it. You hit him in the leg. I get it. You hit him twice in his head. Yep. Dude, we have a situation and he ain't the only one. The other star, both Met stars have been smashed in the head. That's just, and, and, and like 10 other guys have been hit. It's something really weird. I don't know if there's word out in the street, like we don't like these guys or whatever, whatever the scenario is. It ain't good. It ain't healthy. And we're not even a month in. And it's just, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen such disturbing display of pit. It's, it's disgusting. It's weird, man. It's, it's weird. Um, All right. I feel better. <laughs> got that out. Yeah, I got it out. I got it out. So I want to tell everyone what's coming. Um, we got a bunker coming. I want to get that guy, Eddie, back on. He was, I really enjoyed him. He's on the tinfoil. I loved doing that podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so to explain to you guys, um, first I'll talk about the Patreon page. The reason why I'll talk about that. May 15th, May 15th, I'm doing a read-through for the script that I wrote. Um, right now it's tentative called Maria's Cafe. <clears throat> and the reason why it's called that 
You know, I've never done anything like I've never done anything like this. I've pitched television shows to Hollywood. I've sat in everyone, NBC, Fox, CBS, all the top networks. I've been in there multiple times to the highest levels. And they always try to do whatever. Now, I also gave the script to, obviously, a couple people. I gave them to, like, and I got the notes that I wanted to get. And the notes that I got was, hey, I love the dialect. I love the story. I love the blah, blah, blah. You know, one guy goes, hey, you should change this, this, and this and make you a different. That's what I don't want to do. Um, and the other one didn't was just vague. And there was one other one that was just a little too. What if you were, oh, no, dude, I'm not changing who I am, blah, blah, blah. I want to tell you where this story comes from. It's a true story. Maybe I should wait to the actual script thing. So what I'm going to do is I wrote the script. Uh, Monty, the Australian comedian, he was just on Rogan. Uh, I, he opens for me once in a while. Murders in merch. Murders. Goes up there. He's like, hey, uh, after the show, I sell these little koalas. <laughs> and um, <laughs> murders. He's like, you know, I, I got the scent, you know, years, a couple of years ago, there's a big fire in Australia, and uh, we lost a lot of quad, which was true. And he goes, uh, so I didn't know what to do. So I, I was able to send a check for like 275. And people are like, whoa. And he's like, so after the show, I'll be selling the these, and there's just a line at the door. So, He's very funny, too. Monty's very funny. Great guy. He helped tighten the script up, cut out the fat, and gave me structure. Loves the story. I told him. So what I'm going to tell you is, when I do this script reading, it's not just one script. I have a whole season lined up. I have character arcs and long storylines for the whole thing. Now, I've never written an entire series. I actually learned from, uh, um, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, oh, God, who wrote? Doesn't matter. I was on Opie Radio one time, Opie and Jim Norton, and they had this guy, and he wrote like the Amy Schumer movie, whatever. Um, very successful writer. Are you able to look that up? Who wrote that movie? The Amy Schumer movie. That went... What movie was that? Is that Trainwreck? Yeah. Who wrote that? Oh, God. Big name guy. Uh, I don't know. Are you able to look that up, Mike? God, look at the bags on him. Yeah, I'm uh, looking up right now. So, he was on the radio show and they were asking him how do you write a series and i was like oh that's a great question that's what i always want to know and what the hell's his name he's written a bunch of very successful series and movies he writes movies for do you not have it you can't see it Judd Apatow? Yes. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it was yeah. directed Apatow. by Judd Apatow. It's Judd Apatow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Judd Apatow is sitting there and he goes, 
Well, what I do is I already have, I, I already, each character already write the storyline of what happens to them by the end. And once, once I have that, then I start filling in all the middle and I was like, Oh, that's, that's like the way I do comedy. It's like, I find my ending. And once I find the ending, then I could keep padding everything that leads up to it. And I could keep creating different avenues and stories to lead up to it. Cause I know I got the big boom at the end. So with that, what I found, what I found was for writing this thing was once I got that, it was good. But the what was harder was how do I explain everything in the first show? How do I explain and how do the, everyone's character and characteristic? How do I explain all that in the first one? So just so you know what the story's about, uh, and I'll tell you guys what the story's about is <clears throat> it's true life story. And I didn't want to go. I don't ever want to go to Hollywood because it'll just ruin it. I love what Louis C.K. did. Louis C.K. work-wise, his work ethic. And what I mean by that is Louis's show, his TV show, whether you liked it or not, or his personality, or what he got called, whatever the cloud that lies over Louis C.K., remove that. I'm talking about the man that created a television show. What he did from what I understand, he went to FX, he's like a bank. Give me the money. I will create the show, but you don't get to make notes. You don't get to tell me how it goes. I will hand you the project when it's the night before it's supposed to air or whatever it was, and then you air it. That's just unheard of. It's un... I don't know if anyone still does that or is they're able to do that. So with this show, I have so much heart in it. And the reason why I want to put this out there is because my whole life, I would say my childhood was probably one of the greatest childhoods anyone could ever ask for. Anyone could ever ask for. Because I never had to leave my street. We were, we were like brothers and sisters growing up in Long Island. It was... The grandma was living in the basement. Uh, there was an aunt or uncle or a cousin living in the upstairs part of the house, which had its own entrance. You had a garages, which sometimes they made out an apartment on the top. There were more ants in there, and everyone, everyone looked at on the street. You may not have liked everyone, but everyone knew each other. And when something really went down, everyone bonded together. Sure, we had assholes and all that everyone has that but at the, for a childhood we still i still have those people in my life um and when i had a kid and, and to me it was a community it was community it was, it was it was it was you know i just went to belize and the coolest thing in belize was i hung out with these locals and when i say locals they lived on an island that just got electricity and they don't have roads. And they brought me to their, they brought me to their um, village and they wanted to show me what it's like to be off the grid. And I'm like, man, can you teach me to um, like 
be, I, I always want to know what it's like to survive. Like you watch these shit, like survive and they're like, oh yeah, I would totally show you how to survive. I just fishing. They're like, Let, I'm going to show you a little fishing uh, trick here in the uh, river. And they went to a termite mound. Did I tell this last week? Mm, no, no. Okay. <clears throat> they go to a termite mine and they got a hatchet. It's in their village. And everyone in the village is really cool. And, and, and just, you're in a village. And I love doing this stuff. I love doing it in Africa and Egypt. I love seeing this part of culture. You don't get this in a school or a textbook or anything like that. So they took a termite mine. The first thing they're doing, they're like, you want to try one? I'm like, oh. Now, they're like termites, they taste like mint. And they're taking a termites and they're like, oh, it's like mint. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready to start eating termites, bro. I don't know if I want to smoke. <laughs> and they said if you took a cube of termites and just mush it together, mm. it's equivalent to the protein of like eating a filet mignon steak. Like, what? They said the protein in termites is incredible for you. So they take the termite mound with a machete, click, 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 and they cut off this huge chunk. I'm gonna say it was about maybe, maybe two and a half feet in size. And they put it in a cooler and they put ice in there and, and like water, a little bit of water. And it's termites, all, they're like all over the boat. Right? So now we're in the, when I say boat, it's like a little, like a rowboat with a motor. And we go along the river and they take the termite mound and they start chopping it up. They open up the, they open up the uh, cooler and they take the termite out and they bust out in some, some chunks of it and they throw it in the river in this corner, like where it's, where, um, like near the, near the ground, near, um, the, uh, the bank of the river. Mm. And when it's in there, they start chopping it more on top into little pieces and it breaks out and you see all the termites just spreading all over and then they go to three or four different spots and then they leave they we see howler monkeys and they teach me about oh this this plant can heal they were talking about like healing all kinds of stuff that, like people don't know that this is healing this helps your lungs this because when you come back we'll bring you in the, we'll bring in the jungle and we'll show you all this stuff we come back to those areas, maybe 10 minutes later, they take a fishing net that you throw where the termites were, and then just as soon as the net goes down, they pull it up, and there's all this fish in there. And they're like, oh, this is going to be good. They were so excited, like, this is going to be good eating. Do you know what kind of fish this is? Oh, my God, it's going to taste so good. And with a little bit of lemon, we'll get the lemon treat. Oh, so this is how they were fishing. I'm like, who would think to take a termite mound, throw it over, and just scoop up all the fish? Because all the termites are coming down, and the fish are all, they, they're all coming out of nowhere to eat it. And you just, they're just sitting ducks, and you pick them up. It was such an amazing trip. But what I, why I refer to that is when I got to the village, Everyone helps each other out in one way or another. No one's on a phone. No one's watching television. No one's talking politics. No one's watching anything. They just live for the day. They live to work in unison with one another. And it really made me think 
about how society as a whole has turned into something else where they demonized living like that. And what I mean by that, every place that has <clears throat> tribes or villages, um, they, they call it barbaric. Um, they're not modernized. Uh, they're, they're backwards. They're living back into, they demonize it. Savages. Where that's natural humanity, if you really want to think about it. It really is. If you watch the movie Avatar, have you seen Avatar? Yeah. I highly suggest everyone to watch Avatar. A, it's a beautiful movie. But B, that explains the way of the world. How they create fake wars. Because that area has a resource that big corporate animals that pay for armies, pay for military, pay the government, pay everyone. They want that. And they have to demonize who lives there so we can bring and invade for freedom or for whatever else, kill, destroy, and then take what they want and then profit off it. That's that's what Avatar is just, it's, inc it's an incredible movie if you don't understand how this world works and how war works and how we go into innocent people's lives and just destroy it. And, you know, they're, they're not, you know, a bunch of savages. And, you know, they're having, they don't have a democracy. That's a joke word. I love people just destroying a democracy. We're, we're not a democracy, morons. I hate to break that to you. It's just a fake word. Democracy is another word for the evil people in charge. So every time you hear democracy, this is a threat to our democracy. What they're saying is it's a threat to our power. That's a little brainwashing tip for you. Every time you hear someone go, this is a threat to our democracy. That's a threat to their power that they have over you. It's a fake word. It's a fake word. Um, I'm going off a little bit, however. So I learned that about there. Like they really, they don't have nice cars. They don't have incredible things, but they have each other and they know how the system works. They know what their strengths are. They know what their weaknesses are and everyone works to their ability. That's what true humanity is. And that's what I felt my childhood was. This kid was weak, so we'd pick on him. Why would we pick on him? To make him tougher, because we knew he wouldn't last in school. I had a kid, we all kind of, we went, when I say make fun, it's not like insult and make them cry. It's just once in a while you bust their balls. Men bust each other's balls. A lot of times we bust each other's balls because we're trying to strengthen a weakness in them because we know it's going to be vulnerable for them. But we also know how amazing they are at stuff. You know, if you're a good tech guy, like, I don't know shit, Mike, can you help out over here? I don't know. I'm dumb as a rock. Hey, you need this? I can handle that. So growing up, in Long Island, we had that community. It was, it was a beautiful time. I learned so much and continue. And no one cares about 
how much money you make, what your status is, who you are. We just know each other for what it is. The playing field is even. Um, somewhere along the line, we bought into if you're financially well or educated, you're, so many people convinced you're better. You're not better. You're not better. You got to get rid of that mentality. You're good at what you do, whether it's good or bad, whether you cheated to get there or half-assed it, or you just knew people, whatever the scenario doesn't mean you're better. Um, and I always searched for that. I didn't find it in the comedy world a little bit in the very beginning, when I first started doing stand up as an amateur, we all kind of, I, I was the, Hey, all for one, one for all guy. I've always loved that mentality. One for all, all for one, let's do this. And you learn quick that in that world is dog eat dog and they'll slice your throat the minute you turn, they'll steal you. It's just, it's not a, it's not a, all for one, one for all mentality. And that's fine. I chose that world. And then once I really got in the TV and film world, same thing. I couldn't, th there was no community. It was just, I never enjoyed any of it. I never joined wholesomeness, realness, souls, um, real struggles, real morality. And then I moved to, when I moved to New Jersey, it took time, but I would go to this coffee shop every morning. Every morning I would go to this coffee shop. Um, this woman's, her name is Maria. This woman's daughters went to a little tiny preschool with, with mine. So we always knew her and we always, we always, oh, she's working over there. Let's go support her. <clears throat> In this coffee shop, and I'm not going to give it all away, but I want to tell you what this story is based around. In this coffee shop, and again, during the read-through and the scritch, which I'm going to present here, um, this whole community was built at this little tiny coffee shop. And when I say a whole community, I mean... It, it grew to massive. It's, it's incredible. And to this day, if you go to Chester, New Jersey, you will see them all lined up outside in the morning. People didn't know if we were mafia. They didn't know if we were a gang. They didn't know what. They were scared of us. We would meet there every single morning. They continue. You go there. You meet. This guy's got to go to work. This guy's got to do his thing. Everyone meet there before work. It was And sometimes the weekends, too, we'd all be there. I'd go there every day. And in time, we built a brotherhood and a sisterhood that is, that is, I have to say, better than probably most families that exist. Even my own family that I love and adore, this became and still continues to be. Even though I live in Florida, I'm on their, I, I, they constantly get into 
they're still constantly getting together and doing things for each other. And it's just such a beautiful story. So as this was happening and characters would come and characters would go. And if you remember, I was on Joe Rogan and I talked about my one of them, Rob the Baker, who got COVID and they missed they mistreated him and they misdiagnosed him and they were ready to pull the plug on him because he was brain dead. And they said, and they wouldn't allow his wife or his children in the room with him, which don't get me started. I still foam at the mouth think that is borderline murder and disgusting for what they did during that time. No, no funeral, all, all, all that stuff. It was, it, I get it, it, whatever, I'm not gonna get caught up in that. There has to be moral codes. You're gonna let me see my father. You're gonna let me see my child. I don't give a shit what, you're, what, the, what, what the rules are during the bullshit COVID. I'm touching them, I'm hugging them. And I'll never forget that they did that to humanity no matter what your feelings on on it. And one of those friends went through that. And we went through a lot at that place. But the, the most amazing thing was we've been together for a few years now. And we started, I mean, all these cool things. Trips. Every Wednesday was my backyard, Wiffle Ball Wednesday. And I started thinking, I wish the world can see what happened here in Maria's coffee shop on Main Street, Chester, New Jersey. I wish the whole world could sit and watch this. This guy's a landscaper. This guy's a lawyer. This guy plays in the band Vanilla Fudge. This guy is, is like a multi-millionaire. This one's a lawyer. This one's retired New York fire department during 9-11. This one currently is a fireman. I'm an entertainer. None of that mattered. None of it matters. And one of the coolest moments, which is gonna be down the road, was we were all out to dinner one night. We were, I mean, we, we, we controlled the whole, it was so much fun. I can't even, t it was one of the moments in my life I'll never forget. Laughing, we got the staff all involved. It was, I can't even describe it. And I'm sitting next to one of the guys and I'm looking at the whole table and all the wives. And I went, this is just so beautiful to me. I, I, go, I go, look at all the different variations. That guy's a full-blown liberal. He calls himself a liberal and he's sitting next to the full blown conservative. And this guy is, is that way. And this one is that way. And she's this and she, and I went, yeah, we're all just having the time of our lives. And he just simply looked at me and he goes, and with a very thick Jersey accent, he goes, that's because no one thinks who they are. I went, you're right. Because nobody thinks who they are. We just, you're Jim, that's Pete, that's Kathy, that's Lisa. I went, you're right. So 
the show is not just a show. What I'm hoping it will do, I don't even want it to be. I don't, I don't care if it doesn't go anywhere past right here on YouTube or on the Patreon page. I just want people to go, hey, man, we can do this. And look how they bonded together. And when you see what, what's more mind-boggling, and I can't give it away because it's in the, it's a, what's more, more mind-boggling is the deeper, the deeper reason how this all really started, which is in the first episode, which you'll see. To me, that's, and I'll just give you one little hint. This whole community, and when I say community, I mean, it's just us, and then it started venturing into local restaurants, the Armenians and in town and everyone else. It's all from someone we never met. That's what's more mind-boggling than anything else. It started because of someone I've never known. And I'll just leave that as a little nugget. So, if you want to join the Patreon page, yes, I need to talk about this. It's 15 bucks. With the 15 bucks, you'll get my comedy special from last year. Somebody had to say it. And I believe the end of May, once a month, I live stream. I live stream my shows. They're always different. This year, this next, in May, I believe I'm going to do from the Paramount. I'm not 100% sure, but that's what I'm zoning for. It's at the end of the month in May. But on Patreon, I'm going to do the entire read-through of us hanging out. I'm going to explain to you the whole story and who each individual was because here's what's cool. I was going to cast this with, with comedians that I know. Everybody involved, the real people, are the ones that are going to read their parts. And I was so excited once they were all into it. Because I'm like, I just need to let you know, it's going to be seen by everyone. They're like, we don't care. The only one not going to read her part is Maria from Maria's Cafe. She said, I don't want to read my part. I'm too embarrassed. I'm like, don't worry about it. She goes, but I love what, you, I love what you're doing. And so this is, this, is, this is May 15th. It's a Sunday. So you're going to be, you're going to watch the whole process. You're going to see us coming in. We're going to have cocktails. I'm going to be talking to the camera. I'm going, hey, man, this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so. And then we're going to sit down, do the read-through. You're going to watch it live. Um, but here on the YouTube page for the Bruniverse and everyone else that's watching and listening, we're not going to do the whole. We're just going. We're going to show just the read through, and me, Monty, and all that. And we'll talk about, and we'll get some of your. Com we'll look at the comments, what you think, what you feel, um, and then after that, we will cast. We have to cast it, and then film it, and it'll all be here. But now that you know the deeper reason, the deeper reason is none of us are getting paid. I don't care about that. I'm sure I can go sell the script. I'm positive I can sell the script. I don't want to do it. 
Hey, if someone comes along and they go, hey man, we'll finance this and blah, blah, fine, so be it. We'll figure that out then. But right now, I love the journey we are on. I love the journey that I got, in a way, forced to go on Patreon to do the special and blah, 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 blah. And me and Mike have been talking about this for over a year, like launching this podcast and how to do it and all this shit. So to me, if it helps you and you start thinking differently in a helpful way where like, hey, man, we could build a community just easy, tiny, one person at a time. And why I love that it's coffee is like none of us are drinking. It's all sobriety. And, you know, it's incredible. I know a lot of us go to therapists and all that. But you know what they used to call therapists back in the day? Friends. Friends. I had coffee this morning. And I was talking with this guy that I'm just starting to know down here in Naples. And he was telling me about, you know, his brother's has a drinking problem and he's going through a divorce and the thing and bothers me. And, and then the two of us start talking about caretaking and people in our family that have problems and who's died and blah, blah. At the end, we just, we talked each other into a healing mode and understanding where others who are forced to go to a therapist, well, they'll give you an hour of what they can give you. And then you got to go figure out the rest and it costs you money. My therapy in the morning cost $8. Muffin and a coffee. And that community looks after me better than it. And I'm not, I'm not anti-therapist. I'm not anti-therapist. I'm just saying communities are very important in life. Very important in life. And I feel this day and age they're doing everything they can, and they have been for a long time, to destroy communities, to make you fight against one another, to make you think differently of one another to make you, uh, you know, gay against heterosexual, heterosexual against gay, black against white, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. If you can't see that circus going on, I can't help you, but I know you see it. And now that you see it, step away from it and start, let's just, so that's what this show is about. And when you see the deeper aspects of it, where everybody has issues, um, is it amazing show? I don't know, man. I just give it, I don't know. I can't tell you that. It's the first show I ever wrote on my own. So is it perfect? No. So I just don't want you to have certain expectations. Is it hilarious? Um, at times, there, there's one or two characters that are funny. I'm not the funny guy. I mean, I'm funny in it, but there, there's, there's, I'll just say, I, I, Fireman Phil is belly laughing funny and so real. Um, Maria's hilarious. So that is what this show is, and I cannot tell you this is just so much fun to me because... I found myself in life always going, all right, I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm going to wait till I have X amount of followers or I'm going to wait to, I'm not doing it anymore. We don't know when life is going to end. It's in me now. I wrote it, blah, blah, blah. So Patreon to watch the whole thing, get the comedy special live stream. Um, and you get the podcast with me <clears throat> here 
we'll get the edited version. So maybe you just want that and we'll, we'll have that as well here. So look for that sometime, um, hopefully the middle of May, Mike, maybe, or actually towards the end of May, probably the end of May, maybe, yeah, somewhere around there, I'd, I think we'll be ready to put that out there. Also, Mike, how's the other project going that we're talking about launching soon? Uh, pretty good. I was actually talking to Evan about that yesterday. Uh, got a better idea of what we're going to do with that. Um, okay. Yeah, we're we're in uh, we're in pretty good shape with that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, we have one other thing we're going to start launching soon. And again, if people are into it, they're into it. I just I'm having the best time of my life because of you. I read your comments. I get it all. Um, and you're amazing. So I hope you had a good week. I'm going to shower. I'm going to try to get these bags. My dude, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Um, I got to get ready for my wife gets home, clean the house, get ready to go. Next week, I will see you in Cataray, New Jersey. I hope I said it right. Penn's Peak, one of my all-time favorite gigs. I love Penn's Peak. I'm going, Penn, I'm going to be in... Um, Penn's Peak on Thursday, New Jersey Friday, Rhode Island Saturday. Uh, go to, I'm coming to Surprise, Arizona. Um, I got a bunch of other gigs I don't have in front of me, but just go to jimbrewer.com and look at the tour dates and see if I'm coming by you. All right? I love you. I miss you. You guys are great. I'll see you uh, out on the road. What? Hey, real what quick. Um, the last week we had a contest for yes. what you were paying for the yes. week for where you were, right? Yes. Uh, I found a box of your stuff. It's okay. called Brewers Goodie Box Podcast. Okay. All right. Um, so I figured I found something maybe we can give away. It's a copy of Jim Brewer, I Am Not High. Oh, okay. And it's actually signed by you. Whoa, all right. Yeah, that's, got a bunch of rare because I don't have any more. Yeah. So, so do you have someone we want to send it to? Is there um Well, I figured today we would announce what we were gonna be giving giving away, and then next week we will announce the winner of said okay. giveaway. I like that. All cool. right. So we're gonna send the book, um and some other goodies. You got any couple other little goodies there? There's a bunch of stuff. I can go back through that box, but yeah. All right, yeah, all right. We can Sounds do a little, good. We can do a little giveaway box. Mike, it's good to see you, man. I wish you well. And um, I'll see you. I'll talk to you next week. And then three weeks from now, I'll see you at the read-through mm -hmm. and um, all that jazz. So good stuff. Life is good. Um, this was fun today. I was a manager. I was... Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that by might, the way, for that might be a new segment, by the way. I don't know. What? For everybody who doesn't know, the, the way we started this podcast to even talk about it was at Maria's Cafe. We met there, and that's where we discussed doing this. So that place is very influential. Very. Mike. Yeah, man. I totally forgot about that. I didn't because you were late. <laughs> oh, I remember why I was late, too. Yeah, yeah. You know why I was late, right? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. public the public doesn't know why I'm late. No, it's probably for the better. Yeah, the, it'll come out <laughs> down the road. Yeah. Wow, I remember that day. 
Wow, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> but it it started at Maria's. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow, you just blew my mind. Yeah, a lot of things come out of that place. So there you go. Um, I'm excited, and we'll talk next week. Have a great week, everyone. All the best to you. Leave your messages, all that jazz. Instagram, direct message me. And um, if you're a Patreon member, thank you so much. I'm going to use I use a lot. I'm, I'm starting to save some of the Patreon money and putting it towards production. So if we can, if we can film a piece or something like that, but that's another whole story. All the best you might. Good seeing you. All the best. Safe journeys. And we'll talk soon, brother. Later, dude. Later. Jim Brewer, and I got my own Patreon page, and hopefully you'll check it out. Live comedy concert streamed once a month. Weekly, you host your own podcast, and you interview me. Early access to the Bruniverse podcast every single week, and I have bonus footage and bonus segments, and you get to access my last comedy special, Somebody Had to Say It. There's a lot there. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. Go check out my official Jim Brewer Patreon page, and I'll see you there.